Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Right, let's get started. Then. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Fred. Hey guys. And we have first time on the show, Justin Taylor. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for coming on the show. No problem. All right. So this is episode number 104, Takumi Helicopters with Justin Taylor. So before we get to see how everyone's week's been, um, let's kind of get to know Justin a bit more first. Uh, so I got we got a couple of questions here. We'll just kind of... Um, ask you and just kind of get you know get our listeners to get to know you a little more uh so so how long have you been flying helicopters i've been flying for about uh four years um started out with airplanes and moved over to helicopters okay nice um so that was my next question do you only fly helicopters or do you also fly planes and quads uh, I fly a bit of everything. I, I try to focus on the helicopter side of things because I have my fingers get screwed up when I usually go to airplanes and quadcopters. So sure. helicopters is usually the easiest. Ah, cool. Uh, so where are you from? You're from Canada, right? Yeah, just about an hour north of Toronto. Okay. Nice. And uh, do you have sponsors? I do. I have uh, a couple of new ones actually too, which is really good. Nice. But uh, yeah, I've got uh, KST servos. Mm-hmm. And I've got obviously Takumi Heli. Um, I've Luca over at Oxy has helped me out quite a bit, which is really good. Yeah. Um, 3Digi, uh, the fly barless controller. Mm-hmm. So we've uh, we've pretty much uh, gone through. Uh, a whole bunch of changes this year, but it uh, it'll definitely be good for next year. Nice, awesome. Uh, so, so what kind of pilot would you describe yourself as? Oh, I'm kind of uh, I, I like to do the the 3D stuff. I'm not a hardcore smack like Tarek kind of uh, 3D, but I like to kind of mix it up between sport flying and 3D. Okay. Yeah, when I saw you fly uh, the Takumi helicopter up at uh, the Rochester event, you're, you're laying it down pretty good, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, so what's one thing that you kind of struggled to overcome in the hobby, and and you know what what did you do to overcome it? You know, it could be a, it could be some kind of maneuver or trick, or it could be maybe you know maybe you had some issues setting up something or kind of get wrapping your mind around something. Um, kind of a broad subject so you can it could be anything well the the hardest thing about the hobby is is learning the maneuvers and learning new maneuvers yes is for me trying to wrap my head around how the sticks move at what time where the helicopter is in the air that's always the hardest part but usually once i get that it kind of clicks it 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 makes it a lot easier um but that's probably the hardest thing in the hobby to kind of overcome that i find the setups are very fairly easy everything now is all step by step with instruction so you can't really screw it up if you even if you tried so it's uh it's just something different is just kind of learning the maneuvers and you you wonder when you watch videos how how ex-pilot tried to to do this maneuver and how you can't even wrap your head around to to finish that maneuver out you can start it fine mm-hmm. and then you mm-hmm. end up crashing and <laughs> yeah it never it goes so well yep yep Okay. 
Uh, and do you have any new tricks that you've been working on that you're, you know, you really haven't done in person, like done with a lot of folks around you, or maybe during uh, any type of demo, but you've been kind of working on secretly trying to perfect? Um, I've been more trying to perfect the transition moves, so uh, transitioning hurricanes into different maneuvers and mm -hmm. kind of uh, joining some some of that big air to music, actually, is what I'm really working on right now. Nice. Um, so just trying to find something that's actually half decent to fly to that doesn't drag on for three and a half minutes. Sure, sure. Awesome. All right, so how's your week been? Well, if you're asking me, and I guess you are. Yes, since, I am asking Since you, Kevin is here, I guess you are asking me. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I had a disappointing experience with my tiny whoop this week. I, I took it out for a oh, little, no. little backpacking, hiking trip, and I didn't lose it or anything terribly, something oh, okay. like that. But uh, apparently, I'm not balanced charging my batteries correctly. So, like, one battery was good, and the rest of the batteries in the pack were all dead. So, uh Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know what I did wrong. Wait, but you parallel charge them or you do? I was trying to parallel charge them. I have a little parallel board for it. Yeah. And so. How is that possible? <laughs> I don't know. So wow. I, I went ahead and just spent the money and got the little $17 uh, parallel charger for that size battery, the little Whoop batteries. Mm-hmm. Look, yeah. Looking so it's that. that little ACDC one where you just kind of plug in like a couple batteries. Well, into yeah, you can plug it into um, to the wall. You can plug it into another battery, you know, a, a 3S pack or something like that and uh, charge it. Oh, okay. So that, that makes it actually even more useful. So I could take it out in the field, you know, and, and the nice right. thing with that tiny whoop is it's so small. You know, I can throw it in a tiny little case and take it with me and, and do some, uh, well, we'll talk about that um, at the end when I talk about what I plan for the week. But, yeah, compact okay. is good. Yeah, talking about tiny little cases, you know, you should get that 3D printer where there's like there's tons of STL files. Oh, on there I know, for, and that's, for cases for the whoop. The, well, the problem is that you know tiny whoop, but you know packing that away is not the problem. Packing the uh, transmitter in is the the big thing. I'm true, <laughs> true. I almost need like a little one of those little game controller size controllers that they have. Right, like the little protos, <laughs> whatever Something. little controllers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right, uh, let's see. So, yeah, I, I really don't have much uh, this week to talk about. Uh, what? I didn't fly this week, so I'm taking a no fly. So no crashes? No crashes, no flying, no charging, no working on anything heli or hobby-related, actually, this week. Um, just been busy, you know, trying to, trying to get things sorted. Plus, you know, I'm, I'm going to OHB. To, you know, when this episode comes out, um that morning or yeah friday morning i'm flying down to florida so i'm not going to be around the family this weekend so i figured you know this this past weekend i might as well you know spend some quality time with them and and yeah and not do anything in the hobbies just uh you know since i'm going to be away for a weekend so yeah i mean basically it's just been just hanging out and and you know the christmas tree's all set up did a bunch of packing like the gift wrapping and stuff for the presents so I'm getting all that ready, um, and that's really about it. Really, my week has been kind of, kind of lame. Not lame. I don't want to say it's lame. Well, on the RC, <laughs> the RC right. side of it has been lame. Yes, yes, yes. And the in the perspective of RC, it's been pretty lame. But you know, otherwise, uh, family and life wise, it's been great. All right. So let's move on to the main topic. So I have no like 
you know, besides this year, kind of hearing about Takumi helicopters coming out, I, you know, we have no history of like no none of the history of Takumi helicopters. So I kind of want to get into that a little. Um, so when did Takumi helicopter heli start? It's been in prototype for for quite a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Yuri, who's the designer, yes. has been working on it on and off for the for quite a while. Okay. And uh, everybody peaked kind of an interest in it about two years ago. Uh, he brought it to one of our fun flies up in Toronto, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody kind of looked at it and went, "Well, what is this?" And uh, and it wasn't flying at the time. And then everybody just kind of kept their eye out on social media, and it kind of started to explode. Which is really good. It, it's something that's different for uh, for Yuri. He's uh, he's more of a machinist at, at heart, um, but he he, uh, he used to fly airplanes and whatnot. And now he's into uh, big helicopters that make monstrous power. So nice. something a little bit different for him, but it, it's really good. He's been going, I'd say, about the two year mark for full full into it. Okay, full time. Um, yeah. So Yuri is is he is he just a designer or is he also the owner? Uh, he is both okay so yuri has he has uh created all the 3d files for all the head machining parts mm-hmm. he hand lays all the carbon fiber himself wow. um, he does everything from talking online about it to building it everything is all him wow wow that's crazy um yeah so how did you get involved with takumi helis oh it was, it was kind of funny because uh this year at the Toronto Fun Fly, um, I, I saw the heli fly and I went, I know I wanted to see that heli fly for two years. I kind of mm-hmm. missed it every time. And I said, you know, let's let's go over and see it. So I, I went over to go talk to him and see what it was all about. And this was his prototype model that he was flying. Okay. And I, uh, I said, oh, that's really cool. And he says, yeah, I'm just going to put another battery in it. And he puts it down on the ground at the flight station and says, so you want to try and I said, well, no, I don't want to, I don't like flying other people's helicopters. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, no, don't, don't worry about it. Let's, let's just fly it. And I flew it and I flew the snot out of it. And, uh, we just kind of clicked after that. It was, it was kind of a cool thing because it was, uh, the week right before Urcha. Okay. So he told me, he says, oh, I, I really like to get this thing to Urcha. And I said, you know what, I'm going to bring it for you if, if you don't mind. So we literally just met, uh, <laughs> two hours ago and. He says, "Yeah, just bring my helicopter down to Urcha. I want to see how it how it fares out." So, okay. so we we brought it down to Urcha, flew it, had a couple of uh, big name pilots fly it, mm-hmm. and uh, got their feedback, and then it kind of just exploded from there. So, so he had one helicopter, like one, you know, prototype, and yeah, down to Urcha. yeah, I had his prototype number one helicopter brought down to Urcha. <laughs> awesome. Kind of a little scary because you're like, oh, I don't want to smack that into the ground because you know yeah. it's type number one. Uh-huh. For sure. But uh, it all went well. I had a couple of, like I said, the big name pilots fly it, and they they really enjoyed it. And a lot of people going, oh, I've never seen this here. What is this? So, right. so which which was good. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I first saw it, I was like, what is this? <laughs> is it a speed yeah. heli? Is it 3D heli? Is it, you know... Like, why is a motor like this and that? Like, so it was, it's pretty uh, unique design, and we'll kind of go into that um, in a bit. But let's see. Yeah. So there's two versions, right? You have the T700 Element and the T700CF model. Yeah, right? exactly. Can you go into a little bit about um, each model and the differences? 
so basically, uh, we'll start out with the Element. Mm -hmm. It's uh, same same fuselage, same canopy, same transmission as the other model. The only difference is is that the tail housing, uh, compared to the larger or the other model, the 700 CF is uh, a metal tail housing. So similar to two plates with a pulley in the center. Okay. Uh, the CF is a full carbon fiber tail that's all hand laid carbon fiber. It's actually really cool. So it's, it's pointed into like a very uh, sharp cone. Yep. Um, it also has a different landing gear. It has more of a traditional style landing gear um, that is just two carbon fiber plates bolted onto the side of the fuselage. Um, I, I don't mind the look of either of them. They look really good. They both mm -hmm. look real sharp. Yeah. Uh, actually, the Rochester Funfly was where I brought my Takumi, and we had uh, all the other guys, they brought down that element. Uh, that was the first time I ever got to see that element. So yeah. it was really cool. Yeah, I think uh, you were telling um, me that uh, Yuri was, like, putting it together in the hotel room the night before or something? Yeah, yeah. It was actually funny because... Uh, we we said oh we're gonna get this helicopter ready for my helicopter ready for the Rochester fun fly. Mm -hmm. So we left on Friday more or Friday afternoon to go down to the event, and uh, I finished the helicopter Friday morning at three in the morning. Wow! So it was just built, and then he did the same thing on Friday night to be there for Saturday. Ah uh, okay. So it was kind of a rush procedure, but it all went together well, anyways. Mm -hmm. So, so how much of the the helicopter is like handmade? I know you said all the carbon pieces, um, like the fuselage and the tail and stuff. He hand like lays that and and you know kind of joins them together and stuff. Yeah, so he does all that stuff um, in house. Yep. Um, he also does all the machining work for all the head uh, transmission. Really? Uh, yeah, everything is all hand machined by him. Wow. Um, the only thing that's not hand machined by him is the gears um, in the okay. drivetrain system because mm -hmm. they have to be sent out for hardening. Sure. So, but that's it. The rest of the helicopter is his, and he does everything. He taps every thread, everything. Wow. So, so how long does it like? I mean, how many models can he produce in a year then? Because I mean, with that level of, you know, um, craftsmanship, and also I'm sure he goes to crazy amount of quality control and make sure that the parts are coming out perfect yeah um, you know how long does that take you like how many miles can he produce in a year he he's uh not been uh, too too sure on the number per year mm -hmm. he's he's only basing it off of models uh per order at the moment okay um just because of his quality control mm -hmm. um it is his his quality control is crazy if if something's not correct or not uh, not right with the with the finish or the look mm -hmm. he'll he'll take another piece and he'll make another piece to make it look perfect sure so he he takes quite a while to, to build a helicopter but in the end it's always worth it sure yeah yeah I mean you know it's 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 pretty much handmade so things like yeah. that are um, they come they come at a price and also you know price is also the time too right it's not just money value but um, the time it takes to make it. Uh, so how how is his like? How does he work out with the uh, parts availability, right? So since he's making all the parts, he's also I'm sure making all the spare parts and stuff. And, yeah. Like how does that work? 
Well, he's he's got like if if you were to smack it into the ground and and you need a uh, let's say a main shaft and a blade mm-hmm. for easy easy things. Sure. Um, he when he machines it, he doesn't machine one or two at a time per order. He machines fifty. Okay, all right. So, so he makes a whole bunch, right? Yeah, so he's got a box full of head parts. He's got a box full of tail parts. He's got boxes mm-hmm. of everything. Nice. Yeah. So if there's awesome. if there's ever a need for anything, he's got it all on in stock. The only thing that he's working on right now is building stock for uh, all his carbon fiber. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So even the frames, he'll he he makes those frames himself. Yeah, everything is uh, like that. That fuselage is made in a mold that he designed, mm-hmm. um, and he made he purchased and and made the mold himself. And uh, so he hand lays it, and then once everything's joined together, he finishes it off with a polish and a cleaning, and yeah, yeah, it goes over it. The clear coat and everything. Wow. Oh yeah. Uh, I hope he has help. <laughs> it seems <laughs> he, like a, a big task to undertake, you know, for one person for sure. <laughs> he he has a, a business partner, um, which uh, which really helps him out quite a bit. Uh, I've even he's he's only about an hour away from me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I actually go down uh, every couple of weeks if I can to try and give him a hand. Nice. So it's just trying to to do my part, right? I I fly for him. I I love promoting it, but I like building and and showing people that I can build helicopters as well, right? Right. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So so this this helicopter is completely made in Canada, right? Yeah. Every single piece except for those gears. So, so are the gears outsourced to like a different overseas or something like that? Or? Yeah, overseas, just because we don't have the hardening procedures in in uh, Canada or the U.S. Yeah. Okay. Nice. All right. So, so one of the big things when I saw the the Takumi Heli for the first time, and and I'm sure there's a point of conversation for anyone who takes a look at this helicopter for the first time is the unconventional engine layout mm-hmm. right so it's an electric heli um the motor i guess what would you say is horizontally mounted i guess right yeah it, it's it's 90 degrees from a traditional motor setup um mm-hmm. right behind the main shaft so, so rather than being in front of the main shaft it's actually behind the main shaft which changes a little bit um right. But the motor is as close as it can be to the main shaft uh, to help with center of gravity. Ah, okay. Um, so talk about the engine layout, right? It's you're saying it's right behind the main shaft. So, so the engine goes, um, the motor goes with a pinion, mm-hmm. right, into almost like a rack and pinion kind of gear set, or it's uh, um, not a rack and pinion, but was it a pinion and spur gear type of? So, yeah, it's a uh, it's like a ring and pinion. A ring and pinion. That's what. It, yeah, like a transmission, like a differential. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so they're they're bevel cut gears, um, and uh, it's it's a pretty cool setup. Um, it's uh, yeah, basically goes from motor into that little plate that's got the uh, the differential. I I call it the ring gear, mm-hmm. um, and then drops down to uh, the one way bearing, which is underneath it. And okay. then goes across uh, through belt drive to the main shaft. To the main shaft, right? Um, and, and like because of the unconventional like layout, like how hard is it to like change gear ratio? Say you want to 
you know, run a, a lower KV motor, but give it a little bit bigger pinion and stuff like that? Like how, how does that, you know, kind of play into it? There is, there is an option to use uh, a smaller, um, like the, so you go from motor to your bevel gears and then you drop down that bottom gear, the first primary gear of the uh, belt drive system can be changed yes. to smaller tooth. Okay. Um, we've found with the testing of every type of motor we can put in this thing that it okay. doesn't need it. Okay. So and anything that's really low KV or like a mm -hmm. really low head speed doesn't yeah. need to uh, doesn't need to have the change. It, it's really efficient. Nice. So uh, we've tested everything from what I'm running right now, which is a 45 25 520, mm -hmm. uh, right down to a 600 motor just to see if it would do it. Hmm. Wow. Um, so what, why did Yuri design this engine, uh, this motor layout? What was like the, you know, what was the benefits of doing this? Uh, it's got a different uh, gyroscopic force um, that's applied to the helicopter. So on a traditional mm -hmm. motor, it uh, your, your motor typically will spin um, one way and it will uh, counteract with the, or it'll actually interfere with the tail. Um, so basically, uh, your, your tail is spinning and is gyroscopic forces and your motor is spinning and they act against each other and they fight each other. Okay. So gyro has to work, your fly barless has to work extra hard to try and hold the tail and, and hold the motor from spinning the, the helicopter around. Where with Yuri's design with the Takumi, it sets the, the gyroscopic forces of the motor on a different axis. So the sure. tail and the motor actually don't interfere with each other. They work with each other. Oh, okay. So, so it throws it off a little bit differently mm -hmm. from a regular helicopter. So your tuning is a little bit different. Okay. Um, but it's it's a good tune. It's not like you're something that you're trying to always fight to, to keep good right right so how does that play into because i feel like the motor because the motor spinning in that direction like i guess if you're looking nose in on the heli it's spinning you know like a clock if you're looking nose in um mm -hmm. so how does that affect with the roll rate then because does that it play affects, with like the roll you know aileron roll it affects it but it doesn't affect it as much as it would um the other way if the motor was let's say straight up and down Right. It, it, of, it still okay. it still does affect it. There there mm -hmm. won't be a way to not affect it, but the the effectiveness is about half of what it would normally be on a regular motor. Okay. Nice. Uh, let's see here. So what size motors can you put on there, right? Because you're saying you run a forty five twenty five, can it go anything big, like a fifty size stator? You certainly can. Um, you can run everything on that helicopter aside from a Contronic 1000 Pyro. Okay. Just because it's so, the Pyro 1000 is just a monster. Yeah, yeah. Any Scorpion motor, uh, 5035s, mm -hmm. um, anything can be put in there. Um, I know one of the other guys that owns a Takumi is running a Pyro 850s um, without issues. Um, there's so much clearance in between there, in between your side frames and your main frame that you can run almost anything. Wow. And um, how does, now where the motor is laid out, 
I feel like it's uh, it's probably really efficient as far as cooling too, right? It's yeah, kind of popped right up top there. The motor obviously will still get warm, um, just because of what it's putting out power-wise. Right. Um, and your your loss of efficiency due due to heat. Um, sure. Mm -hmm. But basically. Um, the way that it works, I've found comparing to the other helicopters that I've flown in the past, it's about uh, 15 to 25 degrees cooler right. running out there. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it looks like, you know, when you look at the motor layout that it's, if it seems like there's more exposed, I guess, um, the outrunner part is mm -hmm. more exposed um, because that's spinning freely in the air kind of, you know, from the downdraft of the of your main rotor blades and stuff like that so yeah exactly nice awesome uh let's see here so so what other innovations are there in the t700 um helicopters obviously you know the motor layout is different mm -hmm. but what what other uh, key points would you say makes it stand out from other heli manufacturers or other heli brands let's say it's uh it's a one-piece um transmission so uh, if you had an incident where you you crashed and the fuselage went uh, to be in the garbage or whatever, all you do is you remove the four um, bolts on the outside of the, the fuselage and you can pull the whole, whole transmission out as one piece. So all your servos, all your speed controller, all your motor wires and everything come out as one piece. Nice. You don't have uh, uh, any more transmission pieces there's nothing else to go wrong it's all one unit right so and then that it makes it really convenient because if you work on a on a tabletop bench mm -hmm. um and you want to do some maintenance to the the thrust bearings in the head you can just take the whole helicopter apart in less than five minutes i've had it apart and you can work on it on the bench without any blades without any fuselage to worry about whacking off any walls or anything Sure, right, or trying to just maneuver around it, if, especially if your table's like a desk or something against a wall and you want to move it, you know, 90 degrees yeah. or something, not work side, you know, side of it, but work in front of it or the rear of the, the transmission. Yeah. Okay, nice. And then you, if you don't watch where your tail's going, you accidentally hit the wall and then you put a dent in the, sure. in, in the heli or in your wall anyways. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> nice. Um... So with, with that being a one-piece transmission, you know, electronic layout, I guess, the whole mechanics of it, right, it's being one piece, mm -hmm. um, how's, how's the wire management on that? Like, how is it? The wire management, mm -hmm. it's pretty good. Um, there There is some detailed pictures online of how the motor wires get laid out. They're longer than a traditional setup because your ESC is ahead of all your servos and your motor is so far back. Right. Um, so your your motor wires are, are about four inches long to five inches long, um, which okay. is bad, but it runs down a carbon fiber uh, piece that's inside the transmission that stops it from uh, rubbing on any any gears or any belt drives or anything. Mm -hmm. um, and then your servo wires uh, pretty much go to underneath where the fly barless mount is and kind of gets tied off underneath there. Um, mm -hmm. If you were to look at my helicopter close up with with the wire management, you could almost not tell that there's any extra wires. Nice. But in fact, I haven't cut any ESC or servo lead wires or anything yet. Oh, awesome. 
like are there are there what are the future plans of um takumi helicopters like i know um i know there were some some hints and maybe some teaser pics of maybe he's making his own blades he has um i haven't gotten to try them yet i have to go down and build my own set which is kind of cool <laughs> nice um, nice and scary at the same time a, a little bit 2000 yeah <laughs> he, he's made two sets so far um uh-huh. Just as prototypes, he's learning as well as we all would be, right? Sure. Um, so he, his first attempt didn't go as planned, um, but uh, uh, no crash, which was really good, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, the the second attempt, he did a lot of uh, different balancing and different weights in the blades. Sure. And uh, it turns out that it flew amazing. The, uh, the blades are, I've seen the blades in person, they weigh absolutely nothing compared to like a a rail blade or a, or a switch blade, which can kind of, it's going to be like a pros and cons list to it mm-hmm. because sure. your, uh, your main blades are going to be so light that your, your cyclic gain is going to be off the, off the wall compared to a normal setup. Mm-hmm. Um, like we were, we were talking about their, uh, other companies blades being around the hundred to 120 gram mark. Okay. And his blades are at the 75 mark right now. So quite a quite a big difference. It's almost twenty five percent lighter. Yeah, so probably a lot more agile. A lot more agile. Um, there's lose a little bit on the auto rotation though, right? Because kind of having that weighted blade helps with exactly. inertia and auto rotation. Mm. Exactly. Um, the other thing is is that the 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 main cord of the blade is so thick at one point it, it kind of tapers up to a very thick portion. Okay. And um, like on a traditional blade, it's it's around the 66 millimeter mark across, mm-hmm. um, and he's at 79. Okay. So they're, wow, yeah. they're very big where where you need the the air to be moved the most. Right. Um, it obviously puts more stress on the blade itself, but that's what we're testing. We're going to be testing mm-hmm. and see how much it can handle. So, and it's, it's only, it's not going to be like a mass production run like any others. It's just going to be something small. He makes them all in house. So he's going to try them himself and sure. see how they work. Nice. But uh, it, that's, so, so talking about the helicopter some more, what are like, you know, cause I'm not sure if there's a lot of specs out there for folks to kind of, so I'm trying to see if, if I have, you know, any questions that someone might ask, like, what size packs can you run? I'm sure it runs full size servos and um, yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, the other the the thing that is is uh, was kind of weird when I was building it is the servos are obviously going to be full size servos, whatever you yeah. like. I'm using the uh, KST uh, DS725 on the cyclic and a 525 on the tail. Mm-hmm. So just a regular coreless servo, just to be trying them. Yeah, and um, I found that the the ball length on your on this helicopter is so much longer. It really? it, de- it decreases torque a little bit, um, right. but it increases speed like crazy. Yeah. So um, that's where you get your agility. Um, typical setup is usually like 15 to 18 millimeters on a normal 700. Yeah. Um, this one's running 25 to 26 millimeters. Whoa, wow. Yeah, that is out there. That's yeah. yeah. So it's way out there. Plastic uh-huh. servo horns won't hold up to the job. Usually I'm like, I'm using metal KST servo horns right now with the locking uh-huh. back. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, but that's, there's only a couple of companies that make these, uh, servo arms that long. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. So uh, they're kind of hard to find. That was kind of a, it was a shocker when, when you first looked at it going, oh, well, those are really big. I don't, didn't understand they were that big. Um, but your tail is a normal. Your tail is, uh, I've got mine set at 14 millimeters right now. Okay. Um, so it's just your standard. That's good. Because you, you want that torque, but also the, you know, the, the resolution, right? So. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so the, the tail is perfectly fine. It, the cyclic kind of throws you for, for a little loophole, but uh, once you get it sorted out, it, it really, it makes a big difference. Um, it actually, when you when you run between 25 and 26 millimeters, it puts the servo links completely perfectly in in line with the uh, the swash itself. So mm-hmm. kind of a little bit different, but it, it's the perfect geometry. Awesome. And is the servo layout like common? Is it like um, let's let's see. So there's like the kind of a line, or you know, even like links helis and they have kind of like two servos in the front one in the back or is mm-hmm. it like a goblin where they each servo is kind of you know 120 degrees apart and then you know degrees apart from each other or like how's the servo actually like physically laid out when you look at it they're uh they're laid out pretty much uh the the swash plate is is backwards more to like your um like your oxy setup where mm-hmm. your or your let's say your goblin 380 setup where your uh, any rotation guide is in the front. It's in the front, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So you, your other your your aileron servos are pointed on 45 degree angles into each other behind or in front of the main shaft. Okay. Um, and then your elevator servo is just behind that. Um, basically, they're they're all straight up and down. They're vertical servo mounts, so there's no mm-hmm. horizontal or weird shapes or anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And they bolt right in. There's no no worry about where they fit or how they fit they just go right into spot okay. um, there is a youtube video and i will be posting more pictures on the this layout of the helicopter mm-hmm. um, and that'll give people more of an idea of where it sits in the helicopter right nice yeah i'm trying to look on the website and i'm like Ooh. i know it's under construction still but uh it's uh i was like oh i want to look at the servo layout and you know i'm trying to trying to figure out more stuff about it and I'm like, wait, there's no pictures. I can't tell. Yeah, we're working on it. We're trying to get everything. We're trying to get our ducks in a row before they go swimming. You know what I mean? For sure. Mm-hmm. So we're we're trying to get that all laid out. We're trying to get. Um, we'll be working on a manual soon on a complete take apart and put back together manual. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna try and help the guys with that and see if we can get something going there. Um, Great. It's an easy it's an easy helicopter to work on. It's an easy helicopter if you've got basic heli knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's just it's those small little details that throw you for the loophole, like the servo arm layout. Um, the tail servo is kind of in an in an odd spot. Um, it's in between the main belt, so it's it's actually in between it. So the belt runs completely outside of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's it's upside down and in in the fusel or in the chassis more, mm-hmm. uh, and it's completely hidden. You can't see it from from an outside view. You have to kind of pull the helicopter apart to see that servo. Oh wow, okay. So a little bit different, but uh, again, it's it's just something that you got to get used to. Um, and with it being able to to pull apart as a, a transmission and fuselage unit. It's very easy to work on if you ever say you wanted to change it or you wanted to go to a different servo or whatever. Um, super easy to change. 
Awesome. And then, uh, and then we've got uh, like pack layouts. Uh, currently, I'm using 5,000 6S uh, packs, um, mm-hmm. one behind the other. Okay. Uh, yep. There is room for 7S packs. There's probably a good uh, 15 millimeters below regular packs, like a regular 5,000 pack, before you hit the fuselage. Okay. So what C rating are you talking about? Because I know the higher C is a little bit bigger packs. I'm just doing uh, regular 45C packs. Okay. And uh, I'm using, uh, it, it's, I'm kind of doing like a lightweight setup on my helicopter, mm-hmm. aside from the batteries, obviously. Um, but I'm using a Hobbywing 130 uh, V4 okay. with nice. a built-in yep. BEC. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't peaked anywhere near um, like that limit because Hobbywing has that limit of like 160 before anything starts to... Yeah, they have the uh, so, over app like 160 for 10 seconds. Continue, yeah, like, you know, continuous burst. Yeah. yeah, I the most I've pulled is 145 amps with my flying, and that was actually at Rochester that we were flying at. Okay, yeah, no, that's not bad at all. So nice. it's it's very it's very forgiving on electronics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just doing the 130 to see, you know, do, does the the 700 class really need a 160 or a 200, or can we get away with a 130? Yeah. And reliability is one, number one, but I would I'm trying to see what uh, what this helicopter will take. Sure. So so far the results are pretty good. And you and because um, I mean I feel like a lot of the the amp draws um, obviously you know collective management helps big time. <laughs> yeah. you know, if you don't have collective management, you you know, and you're going full collective back and forth. Yeah, you're gonna overamp that thing uh, way over oh. 130, really easy. But yeah, um, but blade size. I feel like blade size has a lot to do with, uh, you know, basically disc loading, right? So what what blades do you run, and and what can it handle? Like, what's the recommended sizes? Like 692 what usually? Yeah, I'm you. I'm running the Switch XF uh, 693s on mine. Um, the the Takumi blades are 700 millimeters. Um, okay. the, the biggest blade you can pretty much throw on there, um, before mechanical interference happens is a 730 millimeter blade. That's big though. Wow. 730. Okay. Now the, the other thing with this helicopter is because we were talking about the servo layout and the geometry is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the control rates and how fast and how far the servo movement is, is pretty drastic when it comes to the, the cyclic um, maneuvers. Sure. So I'm only running, I turn mine actually down from what I usually run. Um, I've got mine set to, uh, about 11 and a half degrees of positive and negative collective. Mm-hmm. And typically I usually set my, um, my other around 10 and I've got it around nine, nine and a quarter so far. Okay. Uh, just because you don't need to turn it all the way up. Um, now Yuri's uh, Yuri's trying the limits of the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got his uh, when he was trying testing those new blades. We had it up to uh, 2,600 RPM. Wow, that's terrific! Uh, uh, that's terrific zone right there. <laughs> yeah, we had those. Uh, we had uh, how many degrees of pitch? We had 14 and a half degrees of pitch. Oh my God! Yeah, I think we had 12 on the cyclic. Oh yeah, when you're talking about 14 degrees and 12 on the cyclic, your cyclic ring degrees yeah. is must be insane, like 26 degrees, yeah. degrees or something. Yeah, crazy. 
but wow. we didn't have any any boom strikes or anything, which is good. Nice. I'm, sure, okay. I'm sure those blades got really close a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you're saying 730 millimeter blades. Is that with uh, 105 tails or? Oh, uh, that's 115. Oh, 115. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, nice. um, I'm actually looking at going to uh, try a, a 105. Mm -hmm. I've been running 115s right now, and uh, just for my flying style, um, it's almost got too much authority, which is never a bad thing. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to try something that's a little bit less to see what the differences are. Um, oh, I've yeah. actually I I did a flight about three days ago with uh, 95 millimeter tails. Oh, wow, that's small. Yeah, just to see, like just yeah. you know, we're the trial and error setup, right? Sure. So, uh -huh. and it actually it, it held really well. So, there's almost there's almost not that need for this big of a blade on this helicopter. You could probably get away with running 600 millimeter blades with a little bit higher head speed and get away with it well. Nice. Because the helicopter weighs so little compared. Um, sure. Like my helicopter is a little on the heavy side for for what so, it can be. So your 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 model what would you say your all up weight is i'm around the 11 11.7 pound mark that's not bad for an electron uh, electric and you're running 5000 packs right yeah um yeah. if i got the if i got the pack size down and then went to uh if you want to uh, 4400s i'm sure yeah probably a 4400 and then probably if i could get the blade size down like let's say we try a, a set of 650s Ooh, i could probably really? get that helicopter down to 11 and a quarter pounds. Huh. I think so. if you went 690s with 4400s, with your 130 already, you'd probably be close to the, you know, 11 and a quarter already if you're 11.7 now. Yeah, exactly. Like the 4400s to 5000s, it's a decent amount of grams uh, weight difference. And yeah. Plus, when you're talking about, especially if you're running something like switch blades, if you were try VTX, um, those are pretty light blades too. Yeah. Um, you know, but in six ninety sevens, I guess. So mm -hmm. that would that would like that just losing those couple of grams there on the battery and the blades. I think yeah, you, yeah. I, it seems light because your amp draw isn't so crazy. No, um, it, it is very light. Like um, mm -hmm. if you were to take the transmission out of the helicopter and just and just hold up the fuselage with your canopy on. Yeah. It doesn't weigh more than two pounds. Right. Right. It's very light. It's it's almost unbelievably light for how strong it is. Mm -hmm. So it, uh, the carbon fiber that that he's using is is so strong. It's just wild for for what I've seen that it'll hold up to. Sure. Uh, so so let's let's talk about how it holds up. Uh, how's how's it hold up when it's dirt? Yeah, we we had it where we had it we had an incident with one of the helicopters and we wanted to see what the tail boom held for weight. Sure. Uh, so we we said, you know, Yuri's a kind of a light guy. I'm more of a heavier guy. I said Yuri, just just stand on it. Let's see. Let's oh, see what boy. this. Is. And he he looked at it. He dropped the heli to the ground and said, okay. So he stood on it and it and it flexed. And we're like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. It, it held his weight. And he's he's probably 140 pounds. Okay. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then he says, yeah, I want to see if it'll break. So he started jumping on it. Oh, man. And he couldn't get a break until the final jump where he went like feet off the ground, jump to it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was actually, I was just blown away. I was like, wait, this this is not how carbon fiber is supposed to be, but I guess it is. Yeah, usually they're strong one direction, not multiple directions, you know. 
a force. Yeah. So, yeah, wow. and he's he's got it down to a science where everything is is awesome on it. Like the clear on it is a uh, very flexible automotive grade clear. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take that canopy and you can fold it almost ninety degrees, and it doesn't it doesn't crack any doesn't clear, crack. it doesn't flex or anything. Nice. So it, the the workmanship in in your carbon fiber is is phenomenal. Awesome. So. I, I've been posting some teaser pictures online about how good the carbon fiber looks just by just by pictures and everybody's sure. kind of understanding what what this hell he's getting about mm-hmm, for sure and being handmade I mean it's yeah. anything handmade is hard to uh, reproduce consistently right so exactly so when you're when you're doing laying down carbon fiber and you know and in the molds and all that stuff to get that down perfectly where the weave looks perfect you know that's hard it's yeah, not an easy feat at all. So that's cool. Like on on the Takumi with with the way that he molds them and and the way that he joins the two molds together, mm-hmm. you you can't even tell there's a seam there. Right. It, it's like you obviously if you put carbon fiber one way and then another way, you can see where they clash. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. On this, you look at it and it just looks like one continuous wrap. It's really cool. Awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Um. All right. So. What? So, what's the future of Takumi Hellies? Uh, and this is a this is a question that Kevin wanted me to ask. Um, he couldn't make it on the show today. He's in, he's on vacation, but uh, oh, is nice? Yeah, yeah, he's in Florida he already. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the so, future. Mm-hmm, yeah, it, and one of the, well, his question specifically was, uh, you know, Takumi has a seven hundred. Are they gonna venture into anything? other sizes as far as like maybe something smaller like a 550 or 600 i i think if they do uh it won't be for a few years Mm -hmm. um it's still kind of unclear with what they what they want to do with different sizes i know they're testing uh and trying different procedures on different manufacturing procedures Mm -hmm. um to try and help with uh with durability and construction and all this other stuff He's he's got all the money invested in the 700 size, which is which is great, um, and I think he'll do well with the 700 size in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's it's a boutique heli, so it, I I don't like to use right. the word like that, but it really is. But it is, yeah, yeah, you can so, definitely tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's all handmade. It's all it takes time. So for him to produce another size is just going to be twice the amount of work and twice the right. amount of testing. Sure, sure. So, he needs to get this perfect. Get manufacturing down, you know, to a point where, not. I mean, I don't mean to outsource it per se, but to expand it so he can actually hire like several people, confident that you know that he can continue building the seven hundred, then he can start moving off to maybe venture in the six hundred or five fifty size. Like, exactly. You know, at least that's what I can see. At least you know, I mean, um, that's crazy. Just just to think that like you know. That Yuri does a lot of this. Like he has, a, you know, he touches basically every single part of this heli oh, yeah. uh, before you it, get the kit. Um, so that's pretty amazing. The amount of work that he does every week after his nine to five job is is crazy. Right. I'll this, get this I'll isn't get, even his full time gig, right? And yeah, I'll, I'll get uh, I'll get his like message from him at two thirty in the morning, going, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And he'll send me a picture of what he did to a a helicopter. Uh-huh. I'm like, what are you doing that late in in the night? Like, you need to you need to do something else. Maybe sleep. 
but uh, it's all it's all good though. It's it's what he it's what he loves or what he's what he enjoys. So uh, if if you like it and enjoy it that much, then you just got to keep going with it, right? Yeah, if you got the passion for it, yeah, feed it exactly. and keep keep at it. Awesome. So any other future plans uh, that you can see, maybe? Um, I can see them going into different options and different um, different designs and setups for the 700. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when the when the name gets out there um, more than what it is now, it'll become more of a helicopter where it won't change as much. Okay. Um, he's not a he's not a revision kind of person. He doesn't like making version one and version twos. Mm-hmm. Because he feels that the people who bought version one now has to pay to get version two. Sure. So, um, so he he wants to if he's going to put something out, he wants it to be correct and perfect right off the hop, which is which is great. Yeah. So I think once it's all perfected and the timeline uh, is good for building more helicopters, then it'll be uh, it'll be a little bit better for him in the future. Nice. So all right, awesome, man. It's, uh... So it's great to definitely get some more info about this. Uh, for anyone who uh, wants to find out more info, where can they go? Uh, they can uh, they can go on to Facebook uh, under Takumi Heli. Um, you can talk to Yuri there. Um, he's online constantly talking to people about it. Um, you can go to the website, uh, www.takumiheli.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously still under construction, but we're working on it. Yep. Um, and uh, if, if you need to have any questions, you can find Yuri uh, through either either place. He'll he'll mention he'll get right back to you and uh, answer any questions that you have. Awesome. So if someone wants to order one, yep. Because I, I do notice that on TakumiHeli.com, you can you can uh, you can buy them, right? You certainly can. There there is production models now out. Um, and uh, they're they're selling. They're all over the world right now. We've got a, a couple going to a couple of uh, good pilots coming up, which is a secret until later. <laughs> nice. um, and uh, it'll be it'll be good. It, it once like they're they're in production now. You can order one if you wanted to order one tonight. You can order it. He'll get it built for you and and then ship it right out. Yeah, I was gonna ask what's the lead time on that um, from. From ordering payment to actually like getting the kit shipped out. Obviously, you know, shipping is another thing coming from Canada and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, it, it really depends on on his workload um, mm-hmm. with what he's doing. If if he has to machine a new piece because let's say he ran out of all those blade grips, he right. needs he needs to do that obviously before he finishes a helicopter. Mm-hmm. So. Um, uh, to be conservative, I would be uh, around the one month mark, start to finish. Okay. Plus shipping, plus shipping, because shipping is always that killer, right? It comes yeah. from anywhere else. Right, right. Um, okay, that's cool. Because I mean, you know, with boutique helis like this, especially like, like for me, I would compare. Um, I mean, not not compare. I don't want to use that word, but it's very similar as far as like kind of getting like a a Henslet heli, right? Like. You kind of yeah. order it to, to to what you wanted, and then and then you know he kind of puts the kit together in a box and sends it out. So it's not mm-hmm. something that's like off the rack, you know, just has all these boxes pre, you know, sorted and everything. And I feel like it's something like, oh, order came in, he takes the order, sees what people want, okay, and starts 
filling the boxes up with with the parts yeah. that uh, you know to build the kit. So exactly. Um, the the other the other cool part about it is is that that's pretty much what he does. Is he gets the order in, he goes, okay, well, this customer would like um, an, an anodizing color on his on his blade grips and stuff. Mm. Well, he goes through, he he finalizes everything with them, tells them how much it's going to be. And once he goes through with that, he makes it work. If if he can't get the color right, he makes it work until he gets the right color. Really? So, so he you can get him customized to that degree, like because I do yeah. see in your on your on the homepage, there are different like you know um, pictures of, of of the helicopter, and there's mm-hmm. one specifically that has like this crazy almost like a tattoo like um, paint job on the canopy and the fuse. Yes. Um, and has the MKS logos and stuff all over it and stuff. And then, you know, and then there's ones that are like two tone, so they're painted with the carbon fiber showing and stuff. And then there's also ones that I know that, you know, he'll anodize it, right? Like, yeah. So, so that's all customizable. Like, I know it's not really listed on the website, but I guess yeah. you contact Yuri directly and, you know, like you exactly. said, he'll work with you. Yeah. That's like awesome. all, all the stuff, um, obviously, the ones that you see on pictures are, are mainly renderings. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's got some that he's working on right now. He uh, he hand hair hand airbrushes all of the canopies. Um, if you ask for custom paint, okay. The the work he does is just phenomenal. Uh, it, right. It's it's one of those things where you go and you'd look at that guy doing custom airbrush and go, you know, that'd be that'd be cool. Cool, you've done that for forty years and you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yuri's done it. Uh, for however long he's been doing it, and it just looks crazy. He's got nice. he's got a couple of cool designs on one of his helis, um, which is a whole bunch of flowers and colorful, um, like a, an aggressive uh, scheme. Mm-hmm. It just it just pops. It looks good. It looks crazy good. It, it's almost hard to explain until you see pictures of it. Right. Awesome. That's that's good stuff. Cool. All right. Fred, you still still awake there? Yep. <laughs> Do you have any <laughs> questions? No, you hit the ones I was going to get. Okay. All right. So let's move on to the next uh, portion. Sure. All right. And this is the top 10 shotgun round. Fred, you want to just go every other question with me? Sure thing. All right. Cool. So, so pinch your thumb. Uh, I'm a thumb. Peanut butter or... Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> Nitro or electric? Oh, that's such a hard one. I'm going to have to say uh, electric right now. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, it's, this one's kind of hard, but, uh, you know, especially when we're talking about Takumi helicopters, but 550 or 700 size? Uh, I, I, like the, I like the floatiness of a 700. Yeah. Awesome. Do you know what a fly bar is? Uh, that <laughs> I flew one of those when I first started. Sure. So I do, and it was what a pain it was when you crashed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Crashing. I was trying to pick which color fly bar tabs you wanted. Yeah, the paddles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was a black paddle kind of person. Yeah. No, no. Uh, what was it? KDEs or KVDDs, like the the color, like really neon ones. <laughs> no, they they didn't have those for my 450 when I was trying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, so scale or 3D? Definitely 3D. 
scale's cool. I have no no bad thoughts about scale, but 3D is where it's at. For sure. Nice. Strap or strapless? We're talking about strap. the safety. I am certainly strapless. All right. Okay. So do you hold the, the transmitter down, like pointing down at the ground? I tried it. I can't do that. I, I hold it straight out so the antenna's holding straight out. Straight out. Okay. All right. Uh, cordless or brushless servos? Uh, I'm a cordless fan. Okay. And this is another one that's kind of, you know, predetermined since you're uh, <laughs> but the fuselage <laughs> style or pot and boom? I've always been a, a fan of uh, fuselage style. Just, just so you can see it in the air. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so 6S or 12S? Uh, it depends on the day. Um, on on a helica, on a 700, I usually fly 12S, but mm -hmm. low head speed is always fun. Yeah. So, you, have you ever tried that 6S with the the Takumi? I have. Um, it's it's really cool. I can fly it at about 1300 RPM. Okay. And nice. still and still float nicely. Right, right, and probably have like ten minute flight times with that. Yeah, I had crazy. I think it was nine nine minutes and thirty five seconds. Nice. Okay, and the last question, and, Fred. And number ten. Are you a big Urcha kind of guy or a smaller events? Ah, uh, I like. I, I've been to Urcha a bunch of times. I do like the small events though. Uh, I like with the little, like the new, new the new pilots that want to try. Take a look and see um, where they've where they've flown in the simulator and they want to get good. Um, I've actually handed them my Oxy two and said, "Here, try this." And if they if they smack it into the ground, you know what? It happens, but it gets them hooked, right? Oh yeah. So it, it's I would say I'm a, a small events kind of person, more than a big event. All right, so that's it for the top ten round. Um... Okay, so what do we have for news announcements? Well, apparently the FFRC podcast is taking a break for the holidays. We're taking the last <gasps> two weeks off of the year. And uh, yeah. we here at FFRC wants everyone to have safe and happy holidays. This year, Kevin and I decided that basically, uh, you know, last year we went full through, right? Like we kind of started in, in December and we're like, I oh, just kind of go through it. And we made it work last year, but this week, uh, this year, you know, we both kind of... Well, especially you know, with both of you traveling and all. Should. Yeah, but not even that, like, I mean, you know, besides the traveling and all that, it's just that, you know, it's 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 Christmas and the holidays and stuff, and, you know, I'm sure it's like, we need, we need a couple of weeks to kind of, you know, kind of unwind off of the show and then come back and, you know, just be ready to go again, so... Um, yeah, so next week we are having an episode. Um, we're continuing the listener series next week. But after that, uh, that will will be taking two weeks off. So so today we're recording on the 5th. So on the 12th we'll have an episode, but the 19th and 26th uh, we're not going to have episodes out. So yeah, we just want to, you know, make sure everyone has a great, safe holiday. Um, yeah. And if Kevin was here, he'd say Merry Christmas because he doesn't have yes, holiday Kevin stuff. Would, Merry Christmas. Yes. He would get on his soapbox and say, I don't know about these kids in their brown socks and this whole happy holidays. It's 
Christmas. We're off for Christmas, so we're celebrating Christmas. Something like that. Or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's really all I, you know, I have. Do you have any other news or announcements you want to? Well, uh, Spectrum is all a buzz right now. Apparently Thursday. Yeah. There's a new transmitter coming out. I know the power button that looks like a power button on your laptop. <laughs> yeah. So you know, there's there's some rumors going around what it's supposed to be and and what what options it might be offering. So you know, Thursday is going to be the big debut day for that. Sure. So the night this uh, podcast release or or whatever. Um, so what do you think they're going to do? Like, what are your speculations on this new transmitter? <sighs> DSM X X two. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be trouble, wouldn't it? Um, I saw someone saying extra fail safes, uh, <laughs> re- receivers for the receivers. Um, no, they've already yeah, done yeah, that. Yeah. Um, uh, redundant receivers, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I don't know. Um, I it's kind of hard to see. I, I don't think they've had anything in between the nine and the and the 18 channel range for a little while so they might be trying to do that that's one of the rumors i saw yeah um, okay you know some sort of screen was another guy was saying um it was you know because there was a lot of talk in the uh in the in the, the backroom chats um so yeah i mean they're just kind of you know what are you seeing that the other radios are doing that spectrum hasn't yet um I, I sure hope they don't do touch screen. <laughs> I my grub uh, screen is uh color screens would be nice though, but yeah, no touch screen. Touch screen weather know. and stuff like that just doesn't seem to get along. Unless yeah, unless they'll yeah. do something more like a cell phone touch screen. My grub has sure. like this like double layer that you'd have to push through the outer layer to get the con. You can feel right the actual yeah. push. So. Not like an iPhone or a cell phone, right? So um that that so would be nice because I mean you know I mean everything is 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 phone and and tablet related these days so you know, yeah that wouldn't be overly surprising um, I don't know uh, I, I'm an FPV guy I don't know what kind of features they could add to it that would make FPV easier uh, other than some sort of telemetry with that maybe telemetry maybe some more integration with uh, the flight controllers these days, you know, there's a lot of things yeah. around the flight controller yeah. based if you stuff, your right? Flight so. controller stuff through the transmitter, that'd be mm-hmm. nice, you know. And Tweaking your flight controller through the transmitter for like beta flight or clean flight or some Which type they, of integration, maybe. You could do that to a degree uh, now, mm-hmm. but if they're making, if they're working with those guys to make it easier, that would be nice. Uh, yeah, maybe more integration with all the, the helicopter flight controller brands too, because I know they've been doing integrations. Well, Icon has integrated yes. into like I, a backdoor for Spectrum. I remember that episode? They talked about that quite yeah. a bit. So, so I'm curious if that's gonna, you know, like the software itself is gonna have more native, you know, uh, telemetry or you know integration, integration yeah. with different things, right? Maybe even with themselves, like you get an AR AR six three six, and you can kind of do stuff with it. But you'd have to like if you wanted to like adjust the gain settings, you'd have to kind of do the stick things you know where you get into that programming mode maybe they just integrate that into their own you know receiver well, right? because you know, that's they have control over that is I, you know when i have my grappler radio it's nice because i've got the gr12s the receiver mm-hmm. which is a flight controller integrated in the receiver and right. so, like their 636 is mm-hmm. 
But Spectrum doesn't seem to do that. They they have the S3X for the planes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. The AR636, it's like the AX3X. It also works on the helicopter side. Yeah. So they can, um, you know, but, you can control the gains and tweak it and stuff. But it's not done on the computer portion of the helic of the transmitter. It's like you hold both sticks on opposite corners. It gets in a program mode. And you got to do some, like, lights or beeps or something, you know? Like, that's all freaking 1980. Like, yeah, might but, as well go back to 72 megahertz. <laughs> <laughs> if they bring that into the menu, that would be nice. And, and yeah. you know, just, I mean, because, I mean, they, I think they really dropped the ball there and they lost a lot of that quadcopter market because they didn't offer that. You know, I mean, think about it. Yeah. If you could just plug a, your receiver in and that was the flight controller and you could do all the, mm -hmm. the menu settings through the transmitter, you know, yes. that, that, yeah. that, great. Especially, in a, like, you know, if you're talking about, you know, recently, right? I mean, I'd say in, in the last six months to a year, like, the, the, the part of the hobby that's pushing the limits of technology in the hobby is the quad market, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, it's not it, to say, but it's, it's, it's that, that, so the, the drone racing and all that stuff is bringing new technology, new features to, you know, to the RC industry as a whole. So, and, and that's the I one mean, place where, you know, here comes, here comes FR Sky Tyrannus. I mean, the yeah, budget Tyrannus. Transmitter and they're just cleaning up yeah. on the quadcopter side, and Spectrum totally, has dropped the ball. Totally. That's so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know you think about it, you know people start with a Spectrum and the quads or into learning to fly, bind and fly, all that stuff. It's great, but soon after you want to get serious in quads, you don't keep your DX9. Well, and I'm you not even that. I'm not even you get yourself people do that. Like, I see them going, you know, especially with the customer support. I'm seeing people going straight to FR Sky, right to to Tyrannus, yeah. Yeah. especially with the yeah. Q7 or QX7 or whatever it is that's come out. Yeah, yeah. For, want to for under 100 bucks for yeah. a transmitter. Yeah. And it's full function. Yeah. You know, it's full function, full computer, full programmable. Yeah. They, they've got the DXE, mm -hmm. which is a oh, a radio that I don't even want to talk about. It, it frustrates me. But yeah, yeah, for, for that same budget <laughs> range, you, uh -huh. yeah. you go from this that's almost unusable radio to a full functioning radio. And so which yes. one are you going to pick? And, right. And then if you really want to get, you know, feisty with that, you take those radios and you load up OpenTX, and now you have unlimited customization. Yeah. You know, which is insane. And obviously, I'm not saying Spectrum should open source their code or anything like that. But if they're not going to do that, they got to provide a very robust software that people can use and find it intuitive and, and make sense for when they're, you know, tuning a helicopter, plane, multi-rotor, whatever you, you know, want to, whatever you want to fly. Well, so. and even looking at my little, my tiny loop stuff I've been looking at lately, mm -hmm. you can buy the flight control board that's already natively built in with the FR Sky transmitter or receiver for almost half the price of the same thing with the DSM in it. Sure. sure. And, now and I, then like, I'm sure that's licensing and stuff that's kind of costing the mm -hmm. extra, but still. Yeah. Still. I mean, why, why? In fact, I, you know, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, you, you got those little acro boards, right? The, I don't know what they're called. Fears, FPV, whatever. Whoever makes those tiny boards. Yeah, there's a couple. Um, that are F3 so. compatible for beta flight, clean flight. Like, don't license your DXMX receiver to be expensive. Because you're not really making money off of that anyways. Make, do it off of, you know, make it available cheap on that side so that, People buy more of your transmitters. People buy, you know, 
more of that stuff, which is on the more expensive side, that people don't mind dropping. You know, I don't mind dropping three, four hundred dollars for a, a radio. Yeah. But but when it comes down to like in a receiver, it's like for a helicopter. Sure, I'll, I spend a lot of money on these Neos, but for you know like these these uh, FR Sky receivers, full telemetry are like fifteen bucks. Yeah. And then you 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 sell me a, a, a not even a full a long range or a full range I guess you could say uh, DSMX sat for thirty bucks. Yeah, you, know? you pay twenty five bucks for just a satellite. Right, right. Not even a full range, fully you know telemetry receiver. So yeah, I, I think um, I mean don't get me wrong, Spectrum, you know, is what I flew for the longest time. I still have my DX9. I'm never gonna sell that. Um, because, you know, I'll fly it in planes or I'll fly it in, you know, I'll just use it for whatever, but... Um... Wait, wait, wait a second, wait, wait a second, wait a second, wait, stop, 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 stop. Kevin, Kevin, remember this point. He's got a DX9 that he is never going to sell. <laughs> you know, while I'll say this that... This Thursday, they're going to announce oh, no. this radio, <laughs> you're going to sell the DX9, you're going to buy whatever the radio is. No, 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 no. I don't even, I haven't even... I use my DX9 to sim on real planes. That's all I use it for. Uh, that and I fly the Nano CPS and and the the flight test. Uh, what is that thing called again? I keep on Gremlin. <laughs> I keep on forgetting. Oh yeah, name. I love gremlin. my little Gremlin. I, so, I'm really tempted to buy a so, second one. Yeah, yeah. I need to get mine flying again. I mean, it's flying, but I need to get. I I, I just have trouble. I need to get this DVR um, hooked up to my video uh, receiver, so that I could record my actual and I, video feed and have something record. You know. Some flight videos. And I tell you, I'm real tempted if I if I get the uh, a second Gremlin to put it on my FR Sky, and that way when I go out, sure. I'll just bring both transmitters and let someone else fly one, and I'll fly the other. Sure, you could do that. Get, yeah, get someone else flying with. You know, definitely. All right, cool. All right, so let's move to what's next for you in the hobby. Fred? Hold on, my wife decided to come into the room. Uh, <laughs> She's leaving. Any second now. Apparently we're being too loud and she's shutting extra doors so that we're not interrupting her. All right. She's gone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um... All right, so what's next for you, Nahabi? All right, well, I, I've got a uh, stealth Christmas light decoration drone mission. Uh, the next town over puts on a phenomenal, amazing uh, Christmas light display in the center of town. Mm -hmm. And I've been wanting to go fly a drone over it for years. Well, I'm not going to try flying over it this year. I want to fly around it and through it. Because they've got oh, like all the trees in this 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 courtyard area, you know, lit up as far as wrapping the the trunks and it just it looks amazing. Uh, now, what makes it stealth is last I heard, unless they've changed something, the town has a ban on all drones. Oh boy! Well, I'd love to see myself getting in trouble for taking a tiny whoop to the Christmas lights. Oh, okay. And say, okay, really, you're gonna you're gonna bust me over a toy. Um, so we'll see how that goes. All right. 
uh an extension we'll to that. See how that goes <laughs> yeah um i don't know if i'm doing it next week or when but the wife and i are also going to be taking a trip over new orleans so i might see about trying to get some scenery flying over that way too nice so what would you so you do the tiny whoop that's my plan for the lights yeah 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 but you do for your vacation do you have anything more of an ap platform oh yeah well i, I don't know if i'll bring the phantom for that uh i'd be tempted oh, okay. but also it's new orleans and you know leaving expenses and stuff in your vehicle is a great way to lose it uh sure but i I'd definitely bring my ft210 i've been playing with that with the uh run cam split in it and that is awesome mm -hmm. uh, the run cam split's nice. great uh i reconfigured it. i rebuilt the thing so i could actually access it the way i had it before i had my power distribution board and the uh plug for the board where my battery plugged in was in the way of the the buttons for the run cam split so that was a pain okay but i've got it set up now so as soon as you plug it in it starts recording and that just makes it easier it's got a big memory card in it so i can't you know i can't use it up sure nice awesome what about you what's next for you in the hobby uh yeah flying out ohb orlando helicopter blowout the last one last ever ever until they bring it back until next year no <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah so basically that's it really i'm gonna basically once the podcast is over i'm gonna pack up my helicopter stuff bring it over to rob's house he's gonna um be an awesome dude and he's driving down so he he uh offered to drive at least one helicopter in my you know in my gear so down. you're not taking anything so, on the plane no i mean i'm gonna even give him a bag of clothes so like I literally want to just go with what I have in my pocket, my phone, maybe a, a charger <laughs> for my phone, like, you know, like one of those battery backups, uh, my wallet and, and just go, you know? So yeah, should be, it should be interesting. You know, maybe I'll bring a small backpack and like an iPad or something just to have something to do, but it's a two and a half hour just, flight. It's so just, short. You just know? to give the uh, TSA something to surf through. Yeah, yeah, so something they could, you know, search through X-ray. Yeah. Um, besides the full body scans, you know. So you're gonna go down and see. <laughs> you're gonna go down and see Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. well, I don't know. I don't know. Kevin is. He's been a little cryptic about it. You know. He's kind of like, yeah, we're you know, it's two and a half hours away from from you know it where is a he drive. is or where's mom's house. So he's like, yeah, we'll probably leave in the morning and get there around like 12. But we're not staying long. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I'm like, my plane lands at 1.30. I'll probably be at the field by 2, 2.30. So, you so, know, uh, are you going to beat her? So he's going down with the wife, though. Yeah, so that's yeah. probably the influencing factor here. <laughs> yeah, he's sure. already promised her, well, we won't so, be long, hon. So. so I'm hoping that like, oh, you know, knowing that maybe I'll, I'll beat her around 2, 2.30. He'll kind of be like, all right, you know, kind of take his time in the morning. You know, drive down, like drive, get some breakfast. Maybe his wife will drop him off. Come to the field. That'd be cool too. And then you know? come back and pick <laughs> him up, or have you drop him off somewhere? Yeah. So you're gonna be in Florida, but you're still gonna be over five hours away from me. Yeah, it sucks. I wish you could come out, but I know it's it's five hours. It's a long drive. That's not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to set something else up when uh when Kevin's down here on a more permanent basis. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then it's not gonna be the only time I fly down to. To Orlando, I'm definitely gonna do another trip, um, you know, with the family too. So, so that's gonna come up, you know. Um, you know, if you tell me something cool in in your town. Maybe we can make a trip to your town because 
And my wife's all about seeing stuff, and we'll probably end up driving. Well, I mean, of course, I've got the Fountain of Youth right here, so. Well, yeah, there you go. So, Justin, if someone wanted to get in touch with you and, you know, had questions about the helicopter, your setup, maybe, you know, want to help out in some way, how would they get in touch with you? Uh, Best way to get in touch is through Facebook. You can find me, Justin Taylor, pretty easy to find. Um, that's probably your best bet. If, if anybody has any questions about setups or how do you set this up or how do you set that up, I'm always there. If someone goes, well, I really like your flying style, what's your, what's your settings and your transmitter? I'm not afraid to give that out. You can take all the information. If it makes you a better pilot, then mm-hmm. by all means, right? Yeah. Awesome, man. Great. Well, thank you for taking the time to come on our show. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a pleasure. Yes, we've learned a lot about this stuff. Uh, it's great. Um, also, for our listeners, uh, Bill Ann, Bill Anthony, William Anthony, aka Desk Pilot. He has oh, a great video. <laughs> he has a great video <laughs> where I don't, I didn't even know that he was going to record this, but um, uh, when I was talking to Justin um, at the Rochester event, he kind of busted out the camera and he was filming. So you know, we kind of went over a lot of stuff that we spoke about on this show. Justin uh, showed me on the helicopter itself and kind of went over it. So there's an overview video uh, for the Takumi helicopter. Plus, you see Justin flying it too, so you get to see his uh, his style of flying and stuff. So definitely check that out. Definitely, Will, Will is uh, he's awesome at his videos. It's it's crazy. He did yeah. a whole Halloween special, and it was just crazy awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There will be more videos and pictures to come. I'm I'm more I'm releasing more and more about this helicopter. Mm-hmm. as i as i get pictures nice um, just to show everybody what the differences are yeah and maybe one of these days uh... hey if you ever want to if you ever want to fly it we'll get together and i'll let you have a spin oh definitely definitely um you're not having to go to you're not going to uh not Richard, ohb are you no not this year um okay. i don't know what's going to go on with that because some people are saying this is the last year for it that's what Bert said last week on the show. He said this is the last year he's going to do it. So yeah, him and hopefully. Carrie are both kind of, you know, stepping down from, from taking the lead on this. Yeah, hopefully hopefully they continue it on because uh, I'd love to go next year, make a vacation out of it, and mm-hmm. fly some helicopters. Yeah, awesome. All right. Thanks again, Justin. And, awesome. Uh, Thanks yeah. for having me. Uh, okay, I guess let's do our wrap, wrap up. up. Wrap it uh okay so facebook likes we are at 712 likes that is plus two this week so we have cue to music paulo wow paulo govia edward smith all right thank you (laughs) All right, so now let's move on to Facebook comments. Uh, let's see what we have for Facebook comments. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so Steven Wanberg um, commented on our on our Free Farsi Facebook page. He says, remember that you guys are invited to the Dome, what uh, Phil was talking about, uh, his indoor place in Albany. says uh, it's, uh, what is it? Water, I don't even know how to pronounce this. Water Villette Wind Warriors. Sure. Water V L I E T 
winwarriors.com. Uh, basically, you know, he knows it's a trip, but he would love to have us up there. Uh, so, yeah, we're definitely going to try to make it up there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, David. <laughs> Uh, David Hill, aka Hildeflyer, he uh, yeah. said one question: Why, why did the, why did you select Spanish Flea for the music behind Steve's reading of the names? Uh, and then you posted, <laughs> it's not, it's the, it's actually the theme for Benny Hill, and because what did you say? Because I have difficulty. You won't. And Kevin followed up with an explanation too on that too, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in the, in the early days, and it's not even the early days, I still have um, trouble. You know, I still butcher but people's last it's, names. It's been that it's been the whole time, basically, what he was getting. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's been from the beginning. Yeah, you've uh, not improved. Um, no, no, not at all. <laughs> I, I never, I'm, you know, I'm never going to. And uh, <laughs> in the Facebook comments, I posted a, a, a you know series of items that I had talked about last episode that you know make up a budget yes. build. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we have quite a bit of a uh, response for, for Kevin's yeah. post on uh, the wintertime clothes. So he's spending time in a garage, and he has a video of his 3D uh, printer that he built, he made. Um, it looks like out of some MDF and then a bunch of, you know, hardware. Yeah, that, that was his, like, uh, from Amazon. that was his big, long episode series YouTube that he was following, I think. Yeah, yeah, that, like, he was, like, following as... He was uh, as the guy was doing it, so, so yeah, he got that kind of going. It's moving. It's working. Um, and did you uh, and, did you mention yeah, Chris so from Dreams awesome. and his uh, four fifty X he got from Chris? Nope, not yet. That's uh, that's another thing. Yep, he bought a four fifty X that he bought from Chris Ryber. Uh, he did some hovering and flew it around. It's amazing how he can uh, nose in better than tail in these days now. Nice. So, wow. <laughs> Um. So yeah, yeah. So he's been flying that, and and he's got I mean, no that, safety the switch. The four fifty X is great. Yeah, yeah. No safety switch. That's not how we spell right. safety. Quote but... no bitch switch. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So that's cool though. You know, like that's an awesome. Uh, that's an awesome heli. Like I, I've flown mine. I don't even know how long. I don't even know how many times I re-kitted that pretty much, like replacing the frames and every part on that helicopter. I've crashed it so much, but it's such a now, good, was yours the, good helicopter. Was yours the um, Glamourless? Okay. Yes. So, yeah, it was the Flybarless one. Uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah, besides that, there's, you know, a decent amount of, um, uh, what do you call it, you know, lights and stuff on uh, on our... Our OHB episode 103 post. Uh, Chris posted a, a video, a picture, sorry, of his dual, his custom dual Mavic. Yeah, case. now now I will have to uh, say. Said, Video's coming soon. Um, he, he also posted, but not on our our page, his uh, Christmas pictures. Yes. If you've seen them, yeah. I am not going to say anything else about it. <laughs> they were interesting. Uh, some okay. might call it cute. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Chris, thumbs up on the Christmas pictures. All right. Okay, let's see. Website comments. Damn you, Kevin. <laughs> okay, so we got uh, 
Michael Rosnick emailed us. He said, just want to say awesome work on the podcast. I'm a new listener. I've been working my back through the episodes while driving um, back and forth from the field and building. He's, uh, he's currently the only heli pilot at his field. So it's been great to hear all the flying stories. I uh, love seeing the maiden of Kevin's 109. Uh, nope, that's my 109. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. He also uh, thought I might share one of his recent projects that he uh, posted on the flight test forums. So he has a 500 size Apache gunship he's oh, building. Wow. So I, I think, oh, and then he replies back, I meant Steve Scalebird. <laughs> so yes, um, I think that's the one that I was, oh man, I gotta check it out, but that, that's awesome. Uh, and Apache is awesome. Okay, oh, yeah. I'm gonna click on this link and take a look. So yeah, yeah, sorry we didn't get a chance to respond back. Um, just kind of been busy. But yeah, it looks like, uh, yeah, this is a fiberglass frame that he's building up, doing some painting on it. Oh, this thing looks amazing. Yeah, this thing looks and cool. I don't know if I linked... He has a nice jet behind that. I don't know if I linked you to it, but I saw a guy making a scale heli body out of either paper or poster board or what? something. Oh, I know there's one on the heli free forum that this guy's been working on um, made out of wood, but he's going to then, I guess, I don't know if he's going to use that as a mold. Or if he's just gonna fiberglass the wood and then build, you know, and build it up. So, but yeah, now this thing looks awesome. Yeah, he's like painting in the rivets and everything. Or this is cool. But yeah, definitely check it out on the flight test forums. Um, he is F one hundred six Delta Dart. So if you look that up, you'll he'll you'll be able to see his uh, post on his five hundred size Apache gunship. Nice. So, yeah, awesome. Let's see, besides that, what do we have here? We have uh, uh, Javier, our good friend Javier emailed us. And um, in a true fashion of Javier, this, this email is a little too long <laughs> to read on the episode. <laughs> but he does say, you know, uh, bittersweet episodes of subject. Well, an episode with one of the big guys on the hobby like Bird is always a good episode. Just a wealth of stories. Um, even if he ended up just teasing what seemed like a good story, so that the funny, um, you know, the most funny experience, I guess, that always be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, so he's he's happy that you know it's great that Bert was on the show, but he's 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 uh bummed that the this is gonna be the last OHB. So you know, that's it for website comments. People of Podbean. Damn you, Kevin. I'm going to just say that after each thing that I got to do. Yeah, thanks a lot, Kevin. <laughs> thanks a lot, Kevin. <laughs> Where you at, Kevin? I okay. hope you're having a good time while we're going to do all this extra work, Kevin. I know, right? Well, <laughs> Okay, so people pod beam. Okay, Steve W64 followed you on December 4th. Uh, so now, like episode 103, OHB with Bert. Michael Welch liked episode 102. Michael Welch liked episode 103. <laughs> Gina Tucker liked 101. Gina Tucker liked 102. I'm just going to read them down the list. Gina Tucker liked 103. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Uh, let's see. I don't know if he said these other ones, so I'm just going to say it. Uh, FJ <laughs> Moradiellos followed you from 11-22nd. Intruder of 854 followed, you, followed us on 11-24. Uh, BS. RL followed on 11:26. SCS Sniper 74 followed us on uh, 11:30. Uh, Jason Pina 13 
started following us on 1130. Um, and that's as far as I'm going <laughs> to go back. Okay. iTunes review. I'm not loading up iTunes. I'm on the Mac, and iTunes is the, is the you know, music player app, but I'm not even going to load that up. It's a waste of time. Um, so drop us an iTunes review, and we'll read the review on the next episode. Well, next episode. Not this one, because he doesn't feel like it. Yeah, yeah, Nexus. I don't feel like <laughs> uh, Email us at free4rc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash free4rc podcast. Check out our webpage, free4rc podcast.com. Say hi to Chris Ryber. Hi, Chris. What's up, Chris? Uh, let us know if you want us to add anything. And uh, flight test forums, <laughs> off the field, audio and video production, other than flight test podcast. Free4rc podcast sitting next to our friends, the FT community cast. Hi, Patrol Mike. Awesome. RCHeliHangouts.com forum on the RC Heli Hangouts main section, podcast corner, and free for RC podcast. Sitting next to our friends, the RC Heli Hooligans podcast. Hi, Eden. Walter Ned. That's what, I'm, that's what I said. Oh. <laughs> uh, also, just want to give a shout out to Ed. He he made this 3D printed um, battery box for my starter. He has the same starter I have, the Sullivan, you know, the yellow and white one. I don't remember the model. But uh, he had a 3D printed battery box. And I was like, oh, dude, you got to print me out one. And he nice. did and shipped it out to me. It's pretty solid. You know, that's me banging on it. It's it's a, it's a nice box. Very well printed. You know, looks like it's going to hold up. So, yeah, I can't wait to get that put on my starter. Get the battery in there and, and have a nice cool. And, and it's orange, too. So it's like my favorite color nowadays. So that's pretty cool. So thanks, Ed. All right. Thanks, Fred. Thanks, Justin. Uh, and thanks to all the listeners. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, free your skies, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Thanks a lot, Kevin. It will not work with this version of Skype. I'm like, what the hell? This is the version of Skype it worked with last week. God damn. Alright, let me look this shit up because I didn't look up anything. <laughs> and, and Kevin didn't do any add-ons last week, did he? I, I didn't listen to it yet, so can't tell you. <laughs>